welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson and today I'm talking to Tarek Butts, who's the inspector of the Greater Manchester Police. He heads up the Equine and Dog Unit. And did you know that any animal that's working in the police force doesn't have the same status as officers? They should be called officers. They should be treated as officers because they're working animals. Well, Tarek is campaigning to change the law. It's called Finn's Law and he's going to tell us all about it. This is Horse Hour. Well, today I need to be on my best behaviour because we're welcoming Tarek Butts, who's an inspector for the Greater Manchester Police. How are you, Tarek? I'm good, thank you. Nice to uh, finally get to speak to you. <laughs> oh, bless you. And you, I've been really excited about having you on onto the podcast because um, you look after all the horses and dogs for the police in Greater Manchester. And I'm fascinated with your world. Yeah, I do. And I think I've got the, the best job in the force. Yes, you do. You do. Did you now tell me? Just quickly, because we do have something very important to talk about today. Um, but before we get on to that, did you have to be a policeman first before you got to handle the dogs? Or was it something that you went into knowing you were going to be a dog handler? No, I've had no experience or dogs of, or horses at the time. Mm. Everyone joins as a police officer. They have to complete a two-year probationary period. And after your two years, you can then specialise in any area of uh, specialist policing such as firearms, dogs, horses, traffic, whatever it might be. So everyone's got to complete those first two years. I guess it's ground on the ground experience, isn't it? Exactly. And, and so you run the whole unit for Greater Manchester Police? Yeah, for dogs and horses. And I also look after another specialist team, which is firearms and the interceptors, which is all the, the sexy unmarked uh, police vehicles such as your Subarus, your Golf GTIs, that kind of world. Well, we've seen a lot of those on TV lately, haven't we, with police interceptors. I'm interested to know how much of that is real and how much of it is dramatised for TV. We've not done many here uh, in Greater Manchester, but everything that they come and see is real and live. And as it happens, we we don't hide anything. Mm. uh, And the uh, dangers that the officers face and the stuff they deal with is real. That is true. It does make you realise, actually, your, your job is extremely dangerous. It's not like the Bobby on the beat years ago where, you know, everybody had respect for the police. Um, it's it's quite scary, actually, what you guys have to go through. But let, let's talk today, then, about the police and the equine unit. Do you ride yourself? Uh, I'm in the process of learning. Yay, well done. Yeah, I've got a six-year-old daughter who's had a pony since she was three. Mm. Uh, so I or I, I like to think I know a little bit about the equine world, but since I joined the mounted unit, I realise I know next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although having some uh, experience of the terminology has helped. But since I've had lessons myself, I feel really guilty for kind of shouting at my daughter from the sidelines. Some of the stuff that she should be doing properly, because now I realise... Uh, you don't just sit there and ride and there's a lot more to it and a lot going through your mind. No, you don't just sit there. I'm so glad you said that. It is really technical and it is really hard. And, and the, obviously your daughter is very good at riding because um, she must make it look easy. If you think that you just sit there, then it means the rider's making it look easy. So so that's a good thing. And I'm so pleased that you're getting into riding. And, and when did you start? Started uh, about four weeks ago. To, uh, to become a mounted officer, it's a 16-week course. Uh, now, because of the responsibilities I mentioned earlier, I can't be spared for a full 16 weeks mm. because there would be nothing to do my job. So I'm trying to build up my hours uh, and, and fit in lessons uh, when I can. So the trainers we've got down at the mounted unit will uh, get me on the horses and, and get me into the arena and, and give me some lessons. So it's going to take me a lot longer, 
but I thought it's something, you know, as a leader of the unit, it's something that I need to understand uh, more about the horses, for one, and more about what the, the pressures and the issues the, the officers themselves face mm-hmm. when riding because, you know, they're out there riding, they've got the technical, the horse side to worry about, but also they're there as police officers as well. So I thought it was really important that I understand that and uh, I wanted to be able to go out and, and work football matches with the officers and all the community work we do as well. You do loads for the community, don't you? They're, they are... I saw some in London uh, a few months ago. I went to watch a rugby game, and and they were brilliant. You know, they were allowing people to go and stroke the horses, and but you've just got this air about you, the presence. It, it's just fascinating, but it's in a in, in a nice way. You you know that you're not to be messed with because you're on horseback, but also you feel safe. Well, I feel safe when you're around. Yeah, one of the the key messages I try and get across is we're not just about policing protests. Um, football matches we do a lot of community work and there's actually academic study which shows that people are more likely to approach a police officer on a horse and speak and engage with them rather than an officer in a car or on foot or wherever it might be so we really are a a valuable tool to the the police service and like you say people approach us they speak to us and we can really engage we've got the height advantage so it it really is you know when, when you look at policing on horseback some of the stuff the officers can do is the equivalent to 10 officers on foot. Wow, what can they do? Just the way that they can uh, see over crowds, the way they can control crowds, the way they can move and work in unison together to uh, create a barrier, to block roads, uh, to divert people, or just to to thin out a crowd by making some kind of block. So it really is invaluable, the work that the mounted unit do. We do have a fear. I I always have this fear that the horse is going to get hurt. Do you see many injuries? We, we, we don't, luckily, because people have that sort of respect at the moment for those uh, officers on horseback. But there are one or two individuals uh, and one or two incidents and situations that the officers and horses find themselves in where they do get some bumps and scrapes. Uh, and luckily here in Greater Manchester, although I can't say that for the rest of the country, we haven't had any serious injuries, mm. uh, but it does happen. Hence why uh, Finn's laws come about. And that's what you've actually come on to tell us about today. Can you explain what Finn's Law is? Because I hear it's going from strength to strength. It is, and uh, what's pleasing to see is the overwhelming public support. On the uh, 5th of October this year, a police officer, Dave Wardle, was uh, stabbed and his police dog was stabbed whilst chasing a burglary suspect. <sighs> um, five days later, on the 10th of October, a petition was started to... Um, debate this in the Houses of Parliament and get the law changed because when they looked at what they could charge a suspect with after they stabbed his dog, they realised they could only use the Criminal Damage Act. No. Which represents the seriousness of the offence and the the penalties that the person